0: Okay, so, as a kid, after some side jaunts, my parents moved us to a town called Mount Pleasant, the home of Central Michigan University. And there, they released me to my own recognizance to the mean streets of Mount Pleasant, where I meet a pack of similarly situated youngsters, and every day, we run feral. I leave in the morning, return sometime as the sun sets, occasional stop-off for peanut butter and jelly, We're wild... Lost boys, unbridled freedom of a type that is absolutely illegal today. We play with fire and explosives and knives, climb random ladders, dart out in front of cars. It's glorious. But there is an economy even to childhood freedom. Candy, video games, baseball cards, soda pops still cost money. And my parents, they never heard tell of this magical concept of an allowance. I'm young and broke three square a cot, no popsicles, no comic books, no Detroit Tigers baseball caps. But just as I start to feel sorry for my 10 year old self, the Michigan legislature steps in to revolutionize my personal finances. They mandate that every can of soda, beer or water can now be returned to the store for a 10 cent deposit, 10 cents a can. Suddenly the streets are littered with aluminum gold. There for the taking. I roll through the campus, snatching money out the trash, where college students throw away untold piles of loot. Instantly, local authorities ban kids from raiding dormitories and lunch areas, but this just adds to the fun. broly police security guards can't catch me. Too slow, lost boy, West Side of Mount Pleasant. What? Just my bike and a garbage bag. Case the joint, roll silent, strike quick, then race out to count my winnings, Jack. The best spots to make a killing are the fraternity houses the morning after a party. Ka-ching! And look at you split. I'm rich, tricks! Buying now and later candy, Snickers bars, Green Lantern comic books, potato chips, like I'm rocking lifestyles of the rich and famous. One day... I leave in the wee morning hour to go make that cheddar, get to my first and favorite spot right behind the student center. And strangely, not a can nor a bottle do I find. Weird. I ride my bike down fraternity row. Every place I check, nada. No beer bottles, no soda cans, no nothing. Huh? Did these college dudes suddenly embrace sobriety? I don't think so. No, I don't think so and I see him grown man corny mustache uniform with a patch reading city sanitation something 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 and there in the back of his truck beautiful bags of freshly collected cans my cans and just like that the gravy train comes crashing to a halt it's over no more candy bars no more comic books done it's finished until, until he glances over, sees me, a skinny black kid on a bike holding a plastic trash bag, looks me up and down, sneers, spits, flicks his hand as you would to a dog. Get now, get on, get, get, get on. For a moment, heat burns my face. I see Red. Get, get, Oh, oh no. As he sits there, I pedal up beside him, yank a couple of freshly packed bags off the back of his truck, and I'm off. Hey, 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 hey! I laugh, just thinking about how much more money I'm going to make with someone else out there collecting cans from me. And snap judgment we proudly present the king's ransom An amazing story about the best treasure hunt you've never heard of my name is in washington always remember more money more problems when you're listening the snap judgment Our story begins at a jewelry store outside of Detroit and takes us on a hunt through the northern forests of Michigan all the way to the shores of Lake Superior. Reporter Will McCarthy, he was there to watch as the whole thing, the bears, the pontoon boats, the thunderstorms, played out. Now this story does contain explicit language. Sensitive listeners are advised. Snap Judgment.
1: I took my entire store, everything in my safe, and we buried it. As crazy as that sounds, we did it, you know? (laughs) John Perry, I have been in the jewelry business for 23 years.
2: One day last July, Johnny Perry and his wife Amy drove to their family jewelry store and began packing up everything. The gold bars, the silver coins, the jewelry itself. They started driving up and down Michigan burying the loot in pine forests, neighborhood parks, game reserves. And then they put out a press release, charging $50 a pop for clues to the buried treasure. It took off, and Johnny's treasure quest was born. You won't find gold, diamonds, or rare coins inside J&M Jewelers. It's Johnny Perry's shop in Washington Township. That's because he hid it all over the state of Michigan.
3: The boredom and financial strain of COVID-19 has prompted a Washington Township man to design a treasure hunt for the ages.
2: Throughout the year, it seemed like this might be a good business model. He made promotional videos, set up a slick website. He made Johnny's Treasure Quest merchandise, like JTQ casual leggings and square polyester pillows. But the treasures he had hidden around Michigan were relatively small, worth maybe $5,000, $7,000. He wanted to hide something bigger. Something really life-changing.
1: Hey guys, how you doing? Johnny from Johnny's Treasure Quest. I got something very awesome to show you today.
2: Last winter, Johnny Perry started selling $10 chocolate bars across the country.
1: This is our one-of-a-kind limited edition gourmet chocolate bar.
2: Just like the Willy Wonka story, 10 of them contained a silver ticket.
1: Is that 10 people are gonna find a silver ticket that's gonna gain you entry into the great American treasure hunt.
2: The bar is sold as far away as West Virginia and California. If you found a silver ticket, you were promised an all-expenses paid trip to a resort in Michigan's Upper Peninsula and a chance to search for a treasure, an $100,000 treasure.
3: When I heard about this Willy Wonka theme I was like, damn, let me get in there.
2: This is Katrina Fernandez. She has eight kids, and she got into treasure hunting during the pandemic largely as a way to keep them entertained.
3: And I kept sitting there thinking, like, if that was me and I went through that whole factory, I'd be just like Charlie. I wouldn't give in to the temptations of cheat. I would just keep going and going, and I would win it. And I, was, I never had that opportunity.
2: She's from West Virginia, and she heard about Johnny's $100,000 treasure hunt online. She was immediately hooked. Katrina only bought four chocolate bars. At $10 a pop, that was about all the family could afford to spend. When they showed up at her house, she let one of her sons open them up.
3: So it's your birthday, and you, uh, you open up. Oh my, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Jerry, you got take a ticket! Oh my god! Jerry, I really, really got a ticket, look. For two people. This is for the Great American Treasure Hunt. You have been chosen. A new seed has been planted. A new tree grows. Choose wisely your companion. You can only bring one. love you! Can I come?
2: On June 5th, All ten of the winners and their partners were packing up their bags and making their way to northern Michigan to search for $100,000. The all-expenses-paid trip they were promised turned out to be at a motel called the Conteca Black Bear Resort. It's a sprawling brick building in the middle of an even more sprawling parking lot. The welcome sign at the front door is plastered over with a big for sale sign. Inside, there's a defunct seven-lane bowling alley and a bar this will be home base for all the searchers. It's midday when everyone starts to arrive at the Conteca. A silver ticket winner named Chad Foster shows up. He has Great American Treasure Hunt and Johnny's TreasureQuest.com airbrushed on the back windshield of his truck. He spent close to $1,000 on chocolate bars, slowly opening and eating each one before he finally found his silver ticket. It's hard to even fathom. This is literally a once in a lifetime thing. I mean, Who can say that they won a raffle to go find $100,000 worth of gold and silver? As Chad orders up a cheeseburger from the bar, I ask him what he wants to do with the money if he wins. I've always wanted to have physical gold and silver that it's gonna get
3: locked in my gun safe with everything else.
2: That's what the winner would ultimately bring home, physical treasure, not just a check for 100 grand. And that's what Chad was in it for. He wanted that tangible gold in hand, like a pirate, a tomb raider, a leprechaun. Mike and Donna are from Ann Arbor, a college town, and they have at least one big reason to drive all the way out here. They wanted to help put their kid through school. Yeah,
3: our child is starting at uh, Northern Michigan University in the fall,
2: and we're gonna help. Use the money for said education. Mike works for a small publishing company, and Donna does graphic design for a local pizza restaurant. The money would go a long way. And then there was Katrina. With her eight kids, she could definitely use the cash.
3: This hunt, to me, is not about winning no money. Now don't get me wrong. If you tell me, if I go out there and I win $100,000, I'm going to be beyond excited and I'm going to be beyond grateful but we started this treasure hunting for a different reason. You know, I'm here for the experience. I'm here for the friendships that we made. I'm just here to have a good time.
2: Just a week before the hunt, one of Katrina's sisters had passed away. She almost didn't come at all. But a thousand miles away from West Virginia, she was trying to stay in the moment. So there was Chad, in it for the treasure, Mike and Donna, doing it for the tuition money, and Katrina, just trying to live a little bit. The other searchers, They told me they don't even want to think about what they'll do with the money until they win. That night, Johnny, the guy who sold all the chocolate bars and was running the event, gathered everyone in the dining room of Conteca to lay out the rules of the contest. I forgot the bear spray. Is that in the room? Yeah. All right. He's a short guy with graying hair.
1: Well, you guys all made it. (laughs) Thanks, guys, for coming. Seriously, this is going to be an awesome time. Joe, so, are we ready for the maps?
2: It's past 7 p.m., but the sun is still high in the sky. Team sit on plastic chairs in a vague semicircle around Johnny, like some sort of weird summer camp event. Outside, two black bears amble past the windows and snack on a trash pile. For you? Johnny hands out the maps. Let me just bring the whole damn box.
1: Here. This map here, this is your lifeline. This is a very important map. Hold on to this with your life. Okay, there is five riddles on the map. And there are six rocks throughout the Porcupine Mountains. Every riddle leads to a rock.
2: Basically the map has five riddles that each team has to solve. The riddles will lead you to rocks with special engravings. Each rock you find can be exchanged for a word and a key. Once you've filled out that key, it'll tell you the location of the final treasure. when you find it, you win the
1: $100,000. So once you solve all the riddles, it'll lead you to that rock. It'll spell out where it is, basically. So the more rocks you find, the more
2: the key will uncover and uh, unlock. The treasure map is rolled up inside a faux leather scroll case with the phrase, if you chase two rabbits, you'll lose them both, written on it. On the left side are five handwritten riddles arranged around a compass. On the right side is a little tree. In the middle is the search area, where the treasure's hidden. Johnny's wife made the map herself. He lays out a couple quick rules. Everyone leaves at 9 a.m. You have to be back by 8 p.m. We're gonna have to go look for you guys. <laughs> and then he spends the rest of the orientation talking about what to do depending on which animal you're being mauled by. Whatever you have to fight the bear, sticks, fists,
1: whatever you can do, hit him in the face, the nose area. Hopefully he'll never play dead around a black
2: bear because he'll make sure of it. So People are giggling and Johnny has a flair for the dramatic, but it's not like there's search and rescue on standby either. There's no service out here. The searchers are not exactly wilderness enthusiasts, and they would be going pretty deep into the woods. It's hard to tell if this is just some harmless good fun adventure that ends in a big payoff, or a hunger game starting in a motel dining room. The next morning, everyone's getting ready to head out searching. It's day one of the hunt. A bunch of people have their backpacks on, hiking gear, huge bug masks.
3: I really, really just want to get out there, do my best, and and see if I I I can do it. I'm so ready.
2: Katrina's not used to this type of treasure hunting, so she brought a friend to help her on the trails. He's a big, burly guy with a beard, a treasure hunting fanatic. Katrina actually met him on Facebook, and everybody calls him the ringer. His name's Jason. Pre-game jitters, this is the feeling
4: I got, like, you know, before college football games. You're just like, okay, here we go.
2: As teams started to head out towards their car a few minutes before 9, Katrina tries to get one more quick phone call into her family. One of her kids picks up the phone.
3: Good morning, baby. I'm going to tell you I love you. Love you, too. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm getting ready to go out today for the first time, so I just wanted to say um, see you later. Love you. I love you. All right, let me get Janaya.
2: As everyone scrambles to get ready, Johnny's sitting on a bench and smoking a cigarette.
4: Can we go? I guess we can go, right? I clock at 902. Yeah, yeah. You ready, will
2: see you out babies. there. Jason and Katrina step out of his yellow Dodge Challenger and into the woods. It's almost 90 degrees. Day
4: one, E riddle E, no no such mine. That's where we're going, there's no such mine.
3: I think if a bear come out, I'm gonna beat the shit out of it. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> no, are you looking to the left or to the right? For what? Uh, you looking right and I'm looking left? Uh, or are we looking both ways? Both ways. Okay.
2: They walk along a flat trail past aspen and pine trees, eventually making their way downhill towards a creek. This is where they're expecting to find the first rock.
4: Okay, so yeah, we're at our first location. We've been here a few minutes, and uh, some other hunters just showed up. So that's kind of a good sign, unless they're just as lost as us. But it's a real good sign.
3: Hey, girl. You doing okay? Yeah. The riddle said something to the nature of being able to hear the falls. I'm thinking that it would be somewhere where you can hear it. You can hear the falls and hear the water.
2: Jason and Katrina search along the creek and in old mining buildings nearby. Other teams wander around the area as well. Everyone's sort of vaguely shuffling through the underbrush around the trail as if they had lost their keys or something. One couple's wearing orange hunting shirts, carrying rakes and shovels, and they have their bear spray locked and loaded out in front of them. A couple hours pass like this.
3: This is the lightest trail. (laughs) Ah! Okay, red frog, okay. I was just a frog, just a little, a little yelp. Okay, that just a frog. That <laughs> little frog ain't going to kill nobody. Yeah, just the woods, all right.
2: Katrina stands on a rock by the creek, the water pouring past her. At one point, her cell phone rings. Katrina? Yes? It's her sister, who's watching her kids.
3: How the hell will people your ass get to call me in the middle of nowhere? Are you kidding me? All right, well, I, listen, I'm, 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 I'm searching for treasures and you're not supposed to be calling me.
2: (laughs) While Team Bear Spray is messing around by the creek, Mike and Donna, the couple from Ann Arbor hunting for tuition money, they have a different plan. Before the hunt, Johnny had posted a picture of himself in the Johnny's Treasure Quest Facebook group. In it, he was studying the official trail map for the Porcupine Mountains. They figured he must have come up with all the riddles just by looking at that map.
3: And one thing we knew about this is two weeks ago we saw a picture of Johnny um, in his house, looking at the map. Looking at this particular map. Thanks. So, everything that has a clue related to it. As the
2: sun hot. starts to drop behind the Porcupine Mountains, the teams emerge from the woods and head back towards Conteca. They trickle into the dining room one by one. Jason and Katrina had found two rocks, a few other teams had found some too. The first day it had gone off without a hitch, except Johnny, Mr. Treasure Hunt, was nowhere to be seen.
4: We got a situation,
2: and I'm trying to figure out what that is. She's trying to tell me a long story. This is James, a friendly, smack-talking kind of guy who's helping Johnny organize the event. Johnny is caught out on the rock, Lone Rock, and I'm trying to figure out where the hell that is. The rock was 15 miles away and in the middle of Lake Superior. James went out to find help for Johnny.
4: Well, I stopped the guard shack. I told him I have somebody stuck out there on a boat got to get to, and he's like, what kind of boat? We said a pontoon boat. And he started laughing. He's like, oh, oh, no, no, no. You don't take pontoon
0: boat out onto Lake Superior.
2: Apparently, with everyone else out hunting for treasure, Johnny and his wife had taken a pontoon boat out onto Lake Superior for an afternoon date, and it got beached near a big rock emerging from the lake. The Michigan Department of Natural Resources, or the DNR, they weren't able to rescue them until around 10 p.m. that night. Johnny was up until two in the morning trying to retrieve the boat from the rock, but he was still at breakfast the next morning for the second day of the hunt. Nobody really seemed to care. I asked some people like, this all seems kind of strange, right? But the answer was generally, no, it's all good, it's fine. And they were all really focused on winning. Everyone was approaching the hunt with their own strategy. Some took the riddles to heart, spending all their time trying to decipher where they might lead. Others approached the hunt as a test of endurance, hiking as many miles as possible, trying to follow every hunch. By the second morning, Mike and Donna had already found three of the five rocks. It looked like they might be in the lead. In just a
0: moment, Mike and Donna try and beat everyone else to the $100,000. On Snap Judgment, the King's Ransom episode continues. Stay. Support for Snap Judgment comes from Odoo. What is Odoo? Well Odoo is the only software your business will ever need. Featuring a suite of integrated business applications, Odoo connects your business operations together so you can get more done. In less time, Odoo has apps for everything: CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, marketing, manufacturing—you name it, Odoo's got it. To learn more, visit odoo.com/snap. That's o d o o dot com/slash/snap. Snap Judgment. The King's Ransom episode left off. Two of the searchers, Mike and Donna, were headed back out to look for the final clues. Snap Judgment.
1: We
3: got three things yesterday and checked them off. And today what we're kind of looking for is... If you lose your way, you'll find your direction. If your ears are keen, they will guide your detection. Caught in this snare brings you close to the rock, and another piece of the key will unlock. We thought it would be something Lost Creek, so there's a Lost Lake trail, there's a Lost Creek, a Lost Creek outpost, and we just um, drove to the Lost Creek outpost and found out that it's just a campground.
2: They only needed to solve two more clues, and they hop on their mountain bikes so they can cover more ground. While some teams are starting to pull ahead, others are falling behind. Back at Conteca, Katrina's sitting outside by herself. Jason is nowhere to be seen. What's up? What did you guys do so far today? We argued.
3: He's alive though. He's alive and he's still my partner. And so we came back here for a mental break. And, yes, uh, what would you like to ask me, Will? Because I'm ready to tell all. <laughs> this is the tell all portion.
2: Katrina said that Jason was pissed that while the other teams were racing ahead of them, she was slowing them down.
3: I was gonna push him off of the cliff and
2: but... he was tired of dragging her on the trails.
3: I can't make my body go any faster than what I'm trying. I never went so far as the you know, the kids bus stop or the mailbox, and I'm over here hiking over trails that are miles long and I'm exceeding my personal best in my opinion.
2: Katrina's ankles are sore and her knees are swollen, and she's away from her entire family one week after her sister's death.
3: I thought we'll bury her and I would come over here and we'll get it. But after the funeral, it kind of hit me. And I I, I just determined that, okay, I'm not emotionally well to come. So I, you know, I battle with it, you know. I I really feel like, you know, my kids are emotionally distraught, losing their auntie. And uh, my surviving brothers and sisters are, you know, they could use a phone call from me or they could use me being there physically. Be there for them right now, and I'm not. it's catching up. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Johnny's sitting on a metal bench, smoking a cigarette, drinking a can of All Day IPA. Just then, the Michigan Department of Natural Resources truck pulls in. I no, don't really, not in good terms
1: with the head of the DNR. She hates me because of like something else. She wanted me to tell her where all my treasure was hidden. <laughs> I know where all your treasures are, the exact location.
3: I'm like, yeah. you don't have any treasures. You have
1: that?
2: Two men in official-looking uniforms step out and start walking towards the Conteca, hands on their hips. Johnny walks over to greet them. The three of them laugh a little bit. Then they move over to the picnic table. After about 20 minutes, they leave, and Johnny comes walking back. They just told Johnny he has to call off the entire treasure hunt.
1: Well, they're, they're threatening to shut down the event unless I get a permit to do this event. A permit for what? For people to go into the
2: Horde My Mountains. This isn't the first time Johnny's had a run-in with the DNR. They've been going at it ever since he started hiding treasure last spring. Unfortunately, the head of DNR is throwing everything at me until she gets her way. When Johnny originally buried the stuff in his jewelry store, it wasn't just because he thought it'd be a good time to start a treasure hunting business. Johnny was also scared. We really thought um, it was it, that the country was collapsing, it was done,
1: over. I said, well, only we will know where the treasure is. If we need it, we can go get it. This is the safest place. You don't want to put your money in a bank or put the treasure in a safety deposit box
2: because they're gonna steal it too. It was the early days of the pandemic and everything seemed pretty tenuous. So it was to,
1: to protect us, and at the same time,
2: you know, if the world didn't get go to hell, we would do something else. I, I don't even know how it worked. When the world didn't end, he started the treasure hunt instead. At first, no one believed it was real.
1: And I was trying to post in treasure groups and stuff on Facebook and tell everyone what I'm doing. Everyone's like, yeah, sure you did. This is a scam. Next thing you know, you know, just the news station starts showing up. Word got out, it just went viral, dude. Finished the payment thing and had for it to process payments, and the news went on, right? And, like, all these stations started airing it. All we saw was the, uh... <laughs> it makes that little ding when someone buys something, you know? It's like, ting, ka It sounded like a freaking casino, dude, all night long.
2: Hundreds, thousands of people were purchasing riddles that they hoped would lead to the jewels Johnny had buried in the ground.
1: One man's dream... To change his life and the lives of strangers forever. Johnny's Treasure Quest. An epic hunt across Michigan for real buried treasure.
2: The DNR wasn't happy that he was out digging holes around Michigan. According to Johnny, they asked him where he had buried all the stuff in his store. But if Johnny thought that society was on the verge of collapse, he definitely wasn't going to trust the DNR. So he refused and they've been on bad terms ever since.
1: And they claim that they just want to make sure it's not an endangered part of the park, or I'm not gonna step on like an endangered mushroom or something.
2: Now, after two dozen people have driven all the way out to the UP, two DNR guys in combat boots and full Ranger regalia were threatening to tank the whole thing. Johnny says he might call off the hunt, split the $100,000 between each team, and send everyone home with 10 grand. He just needs a few hours to think it over. <laughs>
4: Was,
2: yeah. <laughs> Cars start pulling back into the contact at around 6 p.m. By 7 p.m., most everyone is drunk. No, I
1: know. Well,
2: well
3: I will not sign the waiver. No We got a new. We got a new interviewer right here. <laughs> that? Yes. There. <laughs> there. He's the one you gotta watch yes. for. Look, yeah. he's got. Watch. Look. 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 They're going to hand it right go. now. Audio. <laughs> He's
2: out
4: there.
2: He knows where the treasure is. He knows where the treasure is. Just audio? Yeah. Alright. <laughs> so up here in the Great North Woods. At this point, it no longer feels like your neighborhood scavenger hunt. Less people are searching, more people are drinking and hanging out around the motel. Katrina is taken off on an ATV ride with some wasted dude from town. I wasn't sure if Johnny was being serious about ending the treasure hunt early. When I ask him, he says it wouldn't be fair. Apparently, one team had solved all five riddles and was on the verge of finding the final treasure. Mike and Donna. If they find it and get back on time, they'll have won. But by 7.30, they still haven't shown up at Conteca. Johnny told me they were probably out trying to find the final rock and the $100,000. He said they would be on the Lake Superior Trail A twenty-mile route that takes you from the hills down to the shore and eventually to the mouth of the Big Carp River. So it's about uh, seven thirty. I drive over to the trailhead. If they find the final treasure, I want to be there. And I figure if I run, I can catch up with them. Catch up with them. I book it down the trail with my backpack and recorder, expecting to bump into Mike and Donna pretty quickly. The trail is swampy and dense. At times, it's kind of unclear where the trail is at all. I'm three miles in and the sun is going down. After five miles, it starts to get dark. It's already way past the 8 p.m. curfew. Mike and Donna are out here somewhere, very far out in the woods, very late at night searching for some insane treasure situation. And now I'm out here, I'm running after them. And I'm not even gonna win any money. If anything happens out here, I just want everybody to know it's not Snap Judgment's fault. I think that's when the whole thing kinda clicks for me. The adventure, maybe it's for real. Maybe this is something that everyone, even Johnny, has been missing for the past 15 months feeling that you're right on the edge of solving the whole thing all the corny stuff about the treasure lying in the adventure maybe i get that but it's also almost pathological like an addiction where it's easy to go too far after about nine miles it's pitch black and still i haven't found my Donna. down at the shore of lake superior it's getting cold Considering how rugged these trails are, how hard it would be to get help if something goes wrong, I'm starting to worry that someone might get hurt tonight. Sometime past 10 p.m., I give up. I turn around, start to head back. When I finally get back to the trailhead, Mike and Donna's car is still parked there. Either they hiked in even further than I did, or they're lost.
4: At that point, we weren't thinking real straight, probably. um, Yes. We were thinking, go in, grab it, and we're done, right? You know, that's a, a burst of energy at that point. It's like, it's time to go.
2: Mike and Donna solved the last two riddles. With all the clues put together, they knew that the treasure was between somewhere called Lafayette Landing and the mouth of the river. When they checked the map, they saw that it was on the Lake Superior Trail. They knew it was a long trail, but they had their mountain bikes with them, so they figured they'd have an advantage.
4: By the time we figured it out, it was, it was getting late, and it was yeah. it was a mile, how many miles? We knew it was a big trail. We were so geeked at that point, too, that we made our decision that um, we didn't fill our water jugs. We didn't, you said, do you want to put on your bike helmet? And I'm like, no, it's gonna, let's go. We just jumped on the trail, like, let's go.
2: Treasure drunk, Mike and Donna set down the trail in the late afternoon. We're
4: sweating and going, and going over all these down logs, and it was a full-on race, go time. And then we run into another team, and we thought, uh-oh, there's no reason for anybody to be on this
2: trail unless they know the final clues. It was Chad, the gun safe guy, heading back towards the trailhead.
4: He said, well, we're after the final one. We're out here looking for the treasure.
2: And um, I said, well,
4: if you found it, can you tell us now so we don't have to keep going? And he said, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't do that to you. We didn't find it.
2: Chad was going back to be curfew and find another day. Mike and Donna were just going for it. He said, this is the worst trail I've been on. He said,
4: there's logs everywhere, there's swamps. You know, he got muck. We had to make our own trail around a swamp. And at that point, I said, man, that's, you know, I know we're going to be late at this point. We started walking and just looking. And I said, you know, we got to pick it up a little bit and do some speed looking. Um, and I was and then she know. she gave it right back to me, like, no. We're not, you know, no. We're, we're tick- <laughs> at that point I'm thinking we're gonna run out of light. We knew we were still in the vicinity of where it could be, but we were running out we couldn't really look. We had to go We had to find the light. We, we had, had to, to go.
2: Something. They knew that they could be just feet away from the final rock. But it was too dark to see.
3: I was getting panicked. We didn't find it and now we can't get out of the woods. It's
4: probably getting close to ten at that point. But there was no moon whatsoever.
2: They were alone out in the woods, with no coats, dead phones, and not even a flashlight. It was completely pitch black, and they were who knows how many miles away from anyone.
4: I mean, it is so black, I can hardly see. I'm worried about, you know, it's getting darker and darker, and there's roots under our feet.
2: They had sent off a text to Johnny and the treasure hunters asking for help, but they had no idea if it had gone through or not. Just when it seemed like they would have to give up, they came across a group of kids camping near the lake. The kids gave them a headlamp, but they still had miles to go.
4: I have the headlamp, and she's following behind me, and it is pitch black. So I keep turning my head to try and give her light when I step over something or trip on something. You know, it was just pure exhaustion at that point. We were We were literally spent.
2: It was one in the morning when they finally emerged from the woods, 30 miles from their car. They had been hiking in the wrong direction for hours. The text had somehow gone through before their phone died. And Johnny and another searcher figured out where they were headed and were there to greet them and bring them back to the motel. Back at the Conteca, Mike and Donna slept hard. At some point that night, they had walked directly past the final rock. And $100,000. you ready? The next morning, I sit down with Johnny at breakfast. He's eating a big plate of eggs and hash browns. Seemingly completely unconcerned.
1: Well, basically, I got a letter from the nice lady in charge of the DNR from Lansing, and she wants me to cease and desist operations immediately. And so that's what we're doing. You know, we we got to respect the state of Michigan and their wishes. (laughs) And so. Everything's canceled, but, you know, I have all the folks here they still got their vacation and they're free to walk the trails and do whatever they want, so it's all on them. That's what they're telling me. You can't force these people to go into the woods. I said, I'm not forcing them, but they just said I couldn't do it.
0: Coming up, the race begins to tighten and searchers are getting closer to the 100 grand, but the treasure hunt is showing signs of stress. The question is, will someone get the money before the whole thing falls apart? On Snap Judgment, the King's Ransom episode continues. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Snap Judgment the King's Ransom episode. I it was in Washington. When we left off, Johnny said he was calling off the hunt. Now this story does contain explicit language. Sensitive listeners are advised. Snap judgment.
1: That's what they're telling me. You can't force these people to go into the woods. I said, I'm not forcing them. But they just said I couldn't do it. Everything's canceled, but, you know, I've always folks here, they still got their vacation, and they're free to walk the trails and do whatever they want, so it's all on them.
2: So Johnny had called off the hunt, but he hadn't. None of this has ever been by the book anyway. So everyone is driving toward the Lake Superior Trail. Word spread that that's where Mike and Donna were rescued. You want to give me a quick quick update on the what your guys' plan is? This is like the pitch hit moment where it's like, What do you got to do? And so
4: we looked at the map and we figured out where we're going to go and the most obvious spot.
2: I think there's several teams that are just going to go all in for it, try to hit that location. Jason, Katrina's treasure hunting partner, has an idea about Johnny's pontoon boat crash. He figures that Johnny might have taken the pontoon boat to actually try to hide the final treasure. That way he wouldn't have had to do the whole 20-mile hike. Our theory is not really based on the riddle or anything. Our theory is based upon the boat wreck,
4: because we feel that they were watching where the, 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 the big money was. So
2: if our hunch is right, we kind of understand where they're at. As all the other teams leave the motel, Donna and Mike wait out their penalty. Because they were out so late the night before, Johnny ruled that they couldn't start searching until 1 p.m.
4: The unfortunate part is all the other people heard where we ended up, where we got picked up from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's our biggest concern is they've got such a big jump on us now for the day.
2: Mike and Donna are raring to go. It's like being in detention. As soon as the clock hits one, they hop in their truck and speed back towards the Porcupine Mountains. Yeah, Who are you? Okay. okay. When they make it down to the mouth of the river, they see another team searching along the banks. But Mike doesn't think they're on the right track. Well, they're, they're blind, they don't know the clues. He doesn't think that that team has solved all the clues. They
4: just know we are down here. Right. What do we do, just sit on here?
2: So they're just guessing where it's at based on where Mike and Donna got rescued.
4: Alright, let's go with the strategy.
2: They climb up a hill, trying to cut across to get away from the other teams.
4: Okay, go, go, go.
3: Ooh. That's a good move. Let's see if there's another hill. Yeah.
2: Mike walks over to the side of the hill and peers through the trees. They lost the other team. They keep searching, sure that this was the area Johnny hid the final rock.
4: Remember, Donna. This was about the spot where we just started pooping. I'm just saying that, just so you know. I'm not saying anything else.
2: Waves crash beside them, and the late afternoon sun reflects off the water. Donna and Mike seem tense and hopeful, but then a text comes in.
3: Wow, so
2: close.
4: Actually, just trying to find a spot where we were going to pick up the trail tomorrow. We just established that, and she looked at her phone and saw the message that somebody else had found the treasure, so.
3: James had said, it was found.
2: Someone else has found the treasure, but the text didn't say who.
4: You know, I mean, again, we, we came in thinking it was a chance. we got a shot and yeah. one in ten and you know those aren't the greatest odds it sucks if we were the only team that solved all the clues, all the clues. and then kind of let everybody else here while we had a penalty so that that would you know that'll that'll yeah. leave some sour grapes but
3: we're the second place team we're the first we're the first losers. Losers, yeah <laughs>
2: Back at Conteca, I run into Katrina walking from Jason's car back inside. It's eight p.m. and she looks absolutely exhausted, muddy, sweaty. They had just gotten back too. Some locals call out to her.
3: Looking for a rock? A rock. Somebody in here found
0: it. I heard they got a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah.
3: And, that, and y'all was still out there looking, and it was yeah. already gone. Don't that make you mad? At least came and got me. The longest trail I ever go
2: Inside, everyone is celebrating. The bar is filled with searchers and everyone is grabbing beers, laughing. Drinks on this guy, someone yells out, pointing down the bar. I look over, it's Chad, the guy with the gun safe. We had a game plan when we came up to not overthink it, to keep it simple.
0: And it's like it was meant to be because we knew where it was at yesterday before anyone else. We decided to quit because of the ghouls. And literally
2: where we found it, from where we turned around yesterday, was less than 200 yards. While Mike and Donna were still in detention and the rest of the teams were scrambling around in the brush, Chad hiked down to the Big Carp River in the morning and found the final rock. So the gold was Chad's. He'll get to feel the weight of it in his hands, eventually squirreled away in his safe. That night, Everyone gathers in the dining room one last time. All
1: right, guys, we're going to go over the map. This is the map, as you all know.
2: (laughs) Johnny walks through the riddles as everyone looks on.
1: And so we got the name of this place is sure to allure, like an infrastructure where something stored is safe and secure. And that was the infrastructure of the cloud, the data stored in the cloud, you know. So it was a little harder than the other
2: ones. Eventually, he shows how the map unravels to reveal the final treasure location.
1: So, the treasure lies between the mouth and Lafayette Landing. Mm hmm. And that's where you would have found the treasure on the trail. It was closer to the mouth. I hope you guys all had a good adventure. Congratulations to the winners, Mr. Chad Foster and Nikki What's her last name?
2: Nikki Shoney.
1: $100,000 in gold and silver.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Johnny and Chad are joking around, figuring out a time for Chad to come pick up his gold and silver. Some searchers linger and take pictures of the final rock. A few others walk outside and sit in the parking lot of the Conteca, smoking and drinking beers under the motion sensor lights.
3: My family knows just coming here was big. Uh, Not just because of the trip, it was because, you know, I left my children behind, I had... You know, a death in the family, that was big. For me to be sitting there competing and actually somewhat keeping up with the others, that's a big deal to my family. I've already made them proud, and that's what I strive for in life, period.
2: On the last morning, it rains as hard as I've ever seen. Johnny offered to give a small silver coin to anyone who went and retrieved one of the Clue rocks. But most people just head home, splashing through the puddles out of Conteca's parking lot. But Mike and Donna set out on the trail one last time, trekking through the downpour, determined to leave with something, anything, even if it was only a silver coin.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you, Johnny, for sharing your story with us at Snap. you can learn more about Johnny and his treasure quest at our website, snapjudgment.org. The original score for this story was by Derek Barber. It was produced by Will McCarthy. News. Big news. If you like your storytelling crafted in the dark of night, know that Spook Season 6 is rising. To listen to all episodes of Spook, subscribe to the Luminary Channel on Apple Podcasts. Angels, Demons, Premonitions, Shadows, and Lies on Apple Podcasts. Go to apple.co slash spook. That's apple.co, co slash spook. Real stories told by the real people who can barely believe it happened themselves spoke. be afraid. Now, if you missed even a moment, I feel for you. I do. And if you want to win your next cocktail party or backyard barbecue, here's what you do. Get a story that will leave them clapping, cheering your name. Just subscribe to the Snap Judgment podcast. Amazing stories that will shut down that loud, bird. Shut them down quick in a hurry. Stupid Burt. Even better, you can rock a Snap Judgment t-shirt to let these clowns know you roll with the big dog. Available right now at SnapJudgment.org. Snap is brought to you by the team that will always look out for the owner of any wallet found on the street. Even the Uber producer Mark Ristich, after he extracts a small finder's fee. There's Anna Sussman, Nancy Lopez, Pat Masiti Miller, Renzo Gorio, Shana Sheeley, Taylor Ducat, Flo Wiley, John Facile, Marissa Dodge, Regina Beriaco, Davy Kim, Bo Walsh, David Exene, and Annie Nguyen So well, this is not the news. No way is this a news. In fact, you could make $30 million in an exotic cryptocurrency as you frantically try to recall the password for your cyber wallet, watch the value of your hoard drop from $30 million to $0.30, cents, true story, and you would still, still not be as far away from the news as this is. But this is P.R.